Lymphoma Hub Podcasts, brought to you by Scientific Education Support. Hello and welcome to the Lymphoma Hub Podcast. Today, we'll be hearing from Judith Trotman from Concord Repatriation General Hospital in Sydney, Australia. Hello there, I'm Judith Trotman and I'm going to share with you on this, my first podcast ever, uh, a few of my own pet pearls and pet falls related to pet in follicular lymphoma. So the obvious place to start is with staging and PET certainly has an essential role. Uh, It's really now the gold standard uh, staging modality for uh, diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. And the best data we have to support that comes from a Canadian PET registry and we're in more than 500 patients uh, with limited or equivocal stage uh, on CT. More than a quarter with limited stage or upstage to advanced stage and more than half of those with advanced uh, sorry with equivocal findings were reclassified as advanced stage and this accurate staging is is vital in an era supporting abbreviated chemotherapy for limited stage such as um, the data that's come out from the German flyer study last year and uh, although the biology of stage migration after PET is likely responsible for some of the documented change in management, the magnitude of the change exceeds the rate of stage migration. Now, this may reflect change in planned therapy because of the improved delineation of disease extent after PET, even when the patient remains with limited stage. Uh, of patients uh, in this this staging registry were actually, uh, had been planned to have combined modality therapy with CT and were reassigned to chemotherapy alone. And a quarter of those who were planned for chemo alone were assigned to combined modality therapy. And there's uh, a survival benefit too, uh, demonstrated to be more than simply due to stage migration. Uh, With PET-based staging, patients with limited stage have only a 6% one-year mortality compared to 14% in the earliest CT-staged cohort. So, you know, PET is very important with with staging. And as I said, um, our approach is very much uh, influenced not just by stage, but uh, by tumour bulk uh, and also uh, other clinical and genetic prognostic features uh, when we decide our therapeutic management uh, upfront for patients with uh, diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, whether we give them four doses of our CHOP uh, or we go and give them, uh, you know, six cycles of our dose-adjusted EPOC and uh, radiotherapy. So the last thing I do want to talk about in relation to staging PET is that it is highly sensitive to bone marrow involvement and more sensitive than bone marrow for detecting large cells. And while it may miss small cells or low volume disease, uh, there is actually no change in prognosis or evidence to alter treatment. And it would actually require 70 patients with limited stage and a negative PET scan to undergo a bone marrow biopsy to exclude a single case of indolent lymphoma. So I don't do bone marrow biopsies for diffuse large B-cell lymphoma anymore. And that makes my patients happy and it certainly makes my registrars, my fellows happy. Moving on now to interim PET scan, the most commonly used method to assess PET response is the semi-quantitative method using the standardized uptake value, the SUV max. And SUV is the activity concentration of FDG adjusted for weight and the amount of tracer administered. And many factors affect the reliability of SUV, not least of all, as we all know, the timing between injection and acquisition. 
Now, we're all very familiar, I hope, with the 2014, the current Lugano classification based on the Doval criteria, which is a five-point scale that measures lesional F SUV max compared with that of two reference organs, the mediastinum and the liver, independent of size. And on interim PET, a complete metabolic response is defined as a Doval score one, two, or three, i.e. Uh, FDG uptake less than that of the liver in fused large B-cell lymphoma. And it's suggested to assign score four as FDG uptake above the liver, and score five is defined as either two or three times higher than the liver, uh, depending on which research group is doing the study, or of course, uh, the presence of new lesions. Now, um, quantitative interpretation of interim PET defines non-responders by a percent reduction, the so-called delta SUV max, from the hottest lesion at baseline with the hottest lesion at interim. And the French have um, determined that to be uh, the best cutoff of 66% at cycle two or 70% at cycle four. And this uh, quantitative interpretation identifies patients with inferior overall survival compared to non-responders using visual assessment with a Doval score four and five, but not those defined by Doval score five alone. And the proportion of patients assessed as being PET positive depends on the method used. And after two cycles of R-CHOP, uh, the interim PET positive patients have been identified as being a third, uh, about a third uh, remaining positive when you apply a Doval score four or five, and 7% only using a Doval score five, and approximately 15% when you use a Delta SUV max of less than 66%. And there are some caveats proposed to using Delta SUV max, and patients with a baseline SUV of less than 10 should be assessed visually rather than quantitatively. Uh, and patients with an SUV max of greater than five should be uh, regarded as non-responders, even if the Delta SUV max is more than 66%. And I want to um, alert you to the fact that this uh, quantitative uh, interpretation, the Delta SUV max has not been evaluated for end of treatment pet assessment. Uh, Effectively, uh, there was an individual patient data meta-analysis of almost 2,000 patients done uh, by the Dutch. And uh, they identified that the optimal time to identify responding patients is after cycle two, regardless of what method you use. And the optimal time to identify non-responders is after cycle four, using either a PET score of five or a Delta SUV max of less than 70. The one uh, large randomized trial uh, of interim PET in diffuse large B-cell lymphoma that I do really want to alert you to is the PETAL study, which was um, a study of uh, more than 860 patients with aggressive lymphoma, most of whom who, whom who had uh, diffuse large B-cell lymphoma and advanced stage. And all patients received uh, two uh, R-CHOPs and uh, further management was assigned according to PET with a Delta SUV max cutoff of 66%. PET non-responders were randomized to either six further R-CHOPs, so eight R-CHOPs in total, or a Burkitt-style protocol. And PET 
responders to four further RCHOPs with or without two rituximabs. Now, interim PET was predictive of event-free and overall survival in all IPIs and subtypes. Treatment intensification with that Burkitt-like protocol increased toxicity for patients, but it failed to improve event-free or overall survival. What I think was really useful practice uh, changing results from the PETAL study, particularly relevant in this COVID era as we're all racing towards a vaccine, is that there was no event-free or overall survival advantage to adding two extra doses of rituximab in PET responders. So I now stop after six cycles of RCHOP alone. So to summarize interim PET again, because I appreciate it's a pretty hard concept to um, listen to on a podcast. Interim PET identifies chemosensitivity with a high degree of accuracy. When the interim PET is negative, that's reassuring for more than three quarters of patients. And Patients like reassurance, even if it doesn't change their outcome. It may enable an end of treatment PET to be omitted, particularly if you've used it after the fourth cycle. And it supports the emission of evolved field radiotherapy in limited stage diffuse large B cell lymphoma. It also supports, as I said, stopping after six cycles of our CHOP, omitting the last two doses of rituximab. Now, interim PET positivity, um, interim PET excludes the possibility of progressive disease, but in the absence of such, chemoresistance cannot yet be identified with sufficient specificity. And the problem is too, is that we also have no effective alternative treatments for those patients who remain interim PET positive who are destined uh, to do poorly because of that PET scan and their other risk factors except for possibly some phase two data that's come uh, from the French in two studies, the GAIN study most recently published uh, in blood by Le Guil, uh, where perhaps patients who were interim PET two positive, but uh, interim PET four negative may be salvageable with high dose methotrexate and autologous stem cell transplant. Finally, I want to discuss end of treatment PET, and this has a high negative predictive value after first line treatment. There's a two year event free survival of 76% uh, where radiotherapy was included as an event, extending up to 97% in some studies if patients are PET negative at end of induction. And while outcomes are better for earlier than late responders, both groups had good outcomes. Patients with a positive end of treatment PET have an inferior survival. But the two-year event-free survival of 27 to 35%, so a quarter to a third of patients who do not progress, uh, is testament to the risk of false positivity, particularly in residual large soft tissue masses uh, with inflammatory changes or bony remodeling. And I remind us all that FDG uptake is non-specific, and we do need to consider infection and treatment related or other inflammation. So I consider uh, a further biopsy of any PET positive regions, depending on the patient's pre-treatment risk factors, uh, the invasiveness and feasibility of such a biopsy, and of course also the second line 
treatment options that are available in your health system for a given individual. And if doing anything more than uh, radiotherapy, I do think that multidisciplinary team review is ideal for PET-positive patients. The one little caveat I would make about uh, residual PET-positivity and the example of uh, resolving inflammatory soft tissue changes is in primary mediastinal diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, where a Dover score or is common at the end of treatment and does not necessarily portend a poor prognosis, unlike a Dover score of five. And when patients have a Dover score of four, I generally perform a serial PET scan to confirm what is usually most commonly uh, resolving FDG avidity and ultimately complete metabolic response, withholding the radiotherapy. One last comment about end of treatment PET, and that is the role for PET-guided radiotherapy in patients with advanced stage disease. And there's a really good British Columbia population-based study uh, published by uh, Chiara Freeman, again in Blood 2020. And in more than 700 patients, um, the patients who were PET negative were all observed without any radiotherapy, regardless of original bulk. The quarter of patients who were PET positive were offered radiotherapy if it was feasible. Now, about half of those PET positive patients who received radiotherapy, uh, so that was about 109 patients, had a three-year time progression of 76% and an overall survival of 80%. And these were outcomes approaching those of the PET negative with a, a three-year time to progression of 84% and overall survival of 87%. And the PET-negative patients with bulk had outcomes indistinguishable from those without bulk. So this suggests that radiotherapy may partially overcome the inferior prognosis of PET-positive and that PET-negative patients who receive no radiotherapy have excellent outcomes. So, having shared a few pet pearls and pet falls and a few large B-cell lymphoma, let's summarise them all. Firstly, staging. PET is now the gold standard staging modality for this histology, and it influences our management and patient survival beyond the simple fact of upstaging. It is in bone marrow biopsy at detecting bone marrow involvement, and I don't believe a bone marrow biopsy is necessary anymore. An interim PET has a high negative predictive value, but a low positive predictive value, which is better after four cycles of rituximab chemotherapy. Delta SUV max has better discrimination than a double score four and five, but not a double score five alone. And the end of treatment PET identifies those for whom emission of radiotherapy can be considered. A third of end treatment PET positive patients will not progress and I recommend MDT review and repeat biopsy if you are considering anything other than radiotherapy. And finally, I urge you, don't shoot the messenger. PET is not our main limitation for patients who remain PET positive. The lack of effective salvage for those destined to do poorly is our challenge. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Lymphoma Hub Podcasts. Brought to you by Scientific Education Support.